We've really been focusing on building the business, making sure that when customers are coming back after after COVID, that we've got a much stronger business in terms of focusing on customer needs that we're addressing and the solutions that make the whole kind of proposition of rail travel better, not just safer. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. It would be safe to say that we are getting more accustomed to news of digital innovations in the automotive sector. In this series alone, we've heard from BMW, Veltec Mobility and Toyota Financial Services about how they are accelerating their autonomous e-mobility and new D2C business model ventures to deliver a new standard for the future of the sector. We're less used to talking about the digital innovations around the rail sector. Of course, we've looked and worked with a number of global rail firms over the years. But today we're going to be talking about concepts like the station of the future, reimagining how travellers will experience their digital and physical journeys from now on. I'm very happy to be joined by Adrian Varma, Head of Digital Experience and Innovation at London Northeastern Railway. For those less familiar with the brand, LNER is a UK-based train operating company owned by the Department for Transport and provides long-distance intercity services on the East Coast mainline from London's King's Cross to the North East and Scotland. Adrian, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. First of all, perhaps we could set some context then around your role, what you're responsible for, and how that fits into the wider LNER organisation. So um, I work in the digital directorate at LNER. About 18 months ago, as we kind of transitioned to, from Virgin to um, LNER under the government, we formed a digital directorate within a wider organisation. And, and previously, digital kind of had to sit sat in either the commercial team or customer experience kind of uh, ops and and really the the kind of goal was to bring together real focus around digital being a a business that's been around for quite some time um, you know focused on um, customer experience we have lots of legacy kind of challenges when it comes to digital and systems so yeah we formed a department that is really focused around digital so that we can raise the bar in terms of, um, you know, bringing the, the railway into the 21st century and beyond. So uh, my team looks after digital experience, which essentially is the kind of strategy that runs through um, all of our digital channels. Um, so looking after UX and also engagement and change, actually, in terms of how we work with the rest of the business around delivering some of these projects and the impact on our people and systems and then also innovation itself so digital innovation really looking forward um, you know into the future and thinking about um, what we need to be doing today to get us to our vision 
which is obviously kind of um, a moving feast in the future. We also have a digital products team. So previously, e-commerce would have sat in commercial and, you know, now from product perspective, this real focus around the systems and products that touch our um, customers and our people um, to try and remove siloed working. We've got a digital delivery team who um, are focused around supporting our pipeline of projects to make sure that we can deliver on time and to budget. We've got a whole team that's dedicated to using data that we could have across the business, bringing that all into one place and looking how we can leverage that for the good of our people and our customers and also solution architecture. So previously in the rail industry, there's been some good decisions and bad decisions when it comes to solutions and, and system architecture. So we're very focused now on building in the right way, open systems that, that can interact with wider industry systems so that we're building things, we're thinking, thinking about not just our own business, but the industry in general. So yeah, so that's that's the digital team at LNER. Oh my goodness. So we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into LNER's ambitions then. What have you got directly on the roadmap for the coming years? And then as an extension to that, I'm also really interested to know how being a government-owned organization is influencing or impacting those ambitions. Yeah, so first of all, so I joined the business uh, in March. It's the first time that I've worked in the public sector. So I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be like kind of, um, you know, working for a, an organisation that ultimately is owned by the government. Um, I would say that there is real focus on the customer and actually all of the work and world that I would associate with Virgin has transferred across to the new business. But building on that, backed by the government, we've been able to to really invest in the, the right areas and because we're kind of government owned we've been able to make decisions that are, are absolutely right for the customer so that's kind of been quite refreshing for me and more than that uh, you know we've got a really progressive executive and board that have really supported um, innovation within the business um, so as a result of that we've got a really exciting um, pipeline of projects um, but my focus as I, as I joined was really to create a roadmap for the digital team and the wider business that, that basically took all of the, the challenges, the problems for our people to deliver an amazing experience for our customers. And then obviously kind of from our, our customer facing elements. So, you know, what understanding kind of what our customers need and, and, and ultimately prioritizing that to kind of create some of that stuff. So, yeah, so now, um, you know, coming to the end of the calendar year, uh, we've delivered a huge amount of stuff, which has been really exciting. We've kind of ran a, a whole host of proof of concepts that um, some have worked, some, some haven't. And then now we're focusing on productionizing those that um, have been really successful but the the major uh, the major achievement i think this year is is has been really creating our our digital blueprint which has helped crystallize our vision uh, around where we want to get to in five ten years time but then also give us a roadmap to be able to start working on projects today that that ladders up to that amazing so you've just touched on this blueprint then for the next five years Let's go into more about that and how you've gone about setting the prioritization process here, because I imagine that's been pretty complicated. Yeah, no, absolutely it was. We work with, with Maltech actually to create our roadmap. And I was saying that, you know, you wouldn't build a house without a, a really kind of solid plan to kind of follow. So our blueprint really builds on a piece of work that we did under Virgin, which was called the Ideal Customer Experience. And essentially, it looks at the whole end-to-end -end journey. So a customer and tracking them through you know, the whole journey. So from realization 
So before somebody realised that they need to travel by train or whatever mode, but they realise they have to go somewhere to do something right through the various journey stages to post-travel. We held a, a whole kind of host of design hacks and workshops to get to the bottom of all of the challenges across the business. So every day we're kind of surveying customers that are traveling with us to understand what they think of us. So their kind of net promoter score, and that looks at various elements of the business. We also kind of do periodic research to, to understand what kind of needs do our customers have? How does that change by occasion type? And we've done a huge amount of work to segment our customers and build up personas off the back of that. So we used all of that kind of previous research and brought that kind of into the, the blueprint process. We also looked at our competitors. So I'm not sure if, if, if people are familiar, but we, we don't really have that many rail competitors. Our, our main competitor really is the car and also planes, um, you know, between kind of London and, uh, and, and Scotland. So we've done quite a lot of work to look at the automotive industry, kind of like the airlines and looking at their five, 10 year innovation roadmap so that we're really considering that as we plan our own business in response. And as I mentioned, we started this process in um, March, April time. And with COVID, it, it meant that a lot of our frontline colleagues were at home. So we can have really utilized, uh, we had access to people that we probably wouldn't have um, had access to previously to bring into our workshops, which we're really fortunate for. And then from those workshops, we went into concepting. So we built out a whole host of concepts and solutions, over 75 solutions actually across the whole customer journey, which we then tested, you know, tested those concepts with customers and also our people on the ground. So a really, really comprehensive piece of work, which we've then been able to take forward and, and prioritize. So I'd say we can have prioritized around COVID. So we saw customers really fall off as, um, as lockdowns took place. We've really been focusing on building the business, making sure that when customers are coming back after, after COVID, that we've got a much stronger business in terms of focusing on customer needs that we're addressing and the solutions that make the whole kind of proposition of rail travel better, not just safer. You mentioned that having to work around COVID, and I think we've seen across most of our sectors and retail stands out in particular, that we need to consider new ways of engaging consumers in light of recent disruptions. So whether that's COVID or whether that's something else, we've been seeing touchless interfaces being a key example here. How important has embedding innovation into the organization been to LNER? And do you think the COVID crisis has actually acted as an accelerator here or changed your approaches? Yeah, no, undoubtedly. So I think going into COVID, um, it was really clear to see that this would would have some significant impact on not just our business, but consumers in general. And, you know, I can say that we've seen We've seen uh, about 10 years worth of change over the course of, of, of nine months, you know, which has been phenomenal. But, you know, we can have been really optimistic about that. And, you know, it's, it's enabled us to kind of provide real focus to make sure that we can have accelerated, I'd say, the plans that are already there around those new needs. And you mentioned, uh, you know, a few there, contactless digitally enabled um you know so all the things that were really important to our customers beforehand like having more control greater automation automation to kind of free up their time to have more time with the customer facing elements of, of their roles you know have been prioritized we reacted really quickly uh, and actually the blueprint work that we we're doing in parallel kind of really helped prioritize which digital projects to kind of bring to the top and you know, we were able to move really quickly as a result so we brought in um managed automations on our on our trains um we were the first train 
operator in the UK to do that. That essentially means that um, anyone travelling can, you know, make sure they have a seat, which was absolutely vital with social distancing um, to make sure that we can have kept our customers safe. And also, you know, adoption of CCTV analytics. So taking the CCTV feeds that um, are collected across all of our stations and analysing them for COVID. So our kind of people in Newcastle, for example, um, could see how many kind of people entering the station were wearing PPE or how effective our kind of one-way systems were or signage in the right place in terms of crowd control, social distancing as well. So we could see in stations uh, where there were hot spots in the stations where people were breaching the two-meter um, kind of distancing. And, and it allowed us to then you know, make changes to the business at station level to make sure that we kept our people and our, and our customers safe. Looking ahead to spring, yeah, there's a, there's a huge amount of, um, of of innovation now that is is actually gone from proof of concept and is now being productionized and and will make a really big impact for for our customers. Yeah, that's so exciting and so much to to come. Obviously, I'm excited to see what the uh, the future of the, the the train journey looks like. What is the project you see as having had the biggest impact then and change for customers for next year? We were able to do a, a proof of concept around at-sea ordering during lockdown. So again, it came out of our blueprint work where obviously we live in a world now where we can have our kind of lunch and dinner delivered to us, delivery and, and just eat and a whole myriad of um, food delivery services. So we found it really odd that we were still expecting our customers to kind of wait in their seat and, and um, you know purchase from a trolley or leave their goods and, and go to the shop. So we launched ordering at-seat um, on board I think it was three weeks into kind of COVID actually. And, and the kind of the, the trial that we ran was incredibly successful. Our customers loved it. You know, we we're seeing 95% satisfaction scores and our people kind of really responded it to, to it as well. They saw the impact from our customers and, you know, they've really got behind it. And, and that now is being rolled out more broadly. So from December 14th, it's going to be trialed across all of our services um, across the East Coast. So that's something that will will probably be rolled out into next year. And then also looking ahead, so um, we've known for a long time that the kind of the lack of an end-to-end customer proposition is, has been a real barrier to rail. And that's the bit um, in to and from the train station. So we've done quite a lot of research in this area um, in terms of trying to understand our kind of headroom. We feel that we're we're kind of turning away about six million journeys a year because we don't have a, uh, an integrated and easy way for our customers to kind of book and plan their journeys all in one go. Because of course, a customer isn't traveling from a train station to a train station. They're going from their home or the office to a business meeting or a hotel. As a result of that, we, we're bringing in a linear mobility service. So customers will be able to book micromobility through to uh, e-scooters and bikes, through to ride hailing and taxis or car rental, all as part of their kind of train journey into next year. And, and who knows, maybe in a couple of years time, you know, we'll be thinking ourselves less of a train company and more of a mobility business. That's so weird that you say that. Not weird, interesting, but I didn't want to say interesting a hundred times on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's all interesting, but... We've spoken to loads of automotive companies on this series who've said exactly the same thing. We're transitioning from an automotive company to a mobility company. And the other thing that's good to talk about is such a good point that you make about this end-to-end customer proposition that you haven't seen in rail before. So we've worked with airlines for a long time where it's been all about that full experience from the moment that you book your journey to leaving your house to your experience within the airport, your experience in the air to when you land, to when you arrive at your destination, that full end-to-end journey that also then 
results in the loyalty and the brand affinity and getting people to come back to you time and time again. When it comes to the business then and the organizational challenges, how has digital helped you to transform? And what are you really excited about? What do you see as being the future for rail companies? The best asset within our business is our people. So the people that serve our customers kind of in stations and on board. And by taking a step back and by kind of creating our blueprints, we've been able to, you know, obsess about every element of um, of our people's roles and also the things that our customers have to do and the touch points that we have with them. So I'd say we're, we're, we're customer obsessed and, and people obsessed. By kind of doing that process and really understanding where those pain points are and starting to address them, I'm super excited about what that then brings for for the future. And there's a lot of manual process within kind of some of our people's roles, certainly, you know, on the front line. A lot of the focus is really about stripping all of that away f- from them, automation of really kind of mundane things so that their time is, is better served facing our customers and, and being able to deliver a great experience. Retailing systems is also a real opportunity for us. So we're very fortunate that uh, we control our own um, back-end retail platforms and as a result of that we've been able to have much more control around the customer facing solutions around kind of booking and planning journey information uh, information to customers when things go wrong um, so being able to talk to them re- in real time to kind of preempt challenges for them and also giving our people that information you know in the palm of their hands on their devices that they've got uh, again to deliver a much better experience so you know retailing is a really important kind of growth area for us information certainly when things go wrong and also fares and ticketing so we're doing a huge amount to to make kind of fares much much simpler and i think i think the biggest opportunity looking forward is is thinking less about LNER as, as a business and thinking about actually all the kind of challenges that we now know kind of exist. They don't just exist for our own business. They exist for all rail businesses in the UK. So we're, we're doing much more now kind of working with other train companies, Northern, for example, who kind of intersect on our route and others to think about how we can build solutions for the good of the customer and good of our people a much more kind of industry focus rather than various different train companies doing that and replicating that efforts across the UK so I think closer working uh, as an industry for the good of our customers and our people uh, is really where I'm most excited about in the years to come. Adrian we've covered so much content there and we're at we're at our time so I have to I have to stop but I would really love to keep talking about all of this and I'm genuinely, dare I say it, interested and excited to, uh, to hear what comes next and to see what comes next and as a UK citizen to experience what comes next as well. So thank you so much for joining us and for talking to us and uh, good luck for the new year. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.